Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Android Central Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader, and this is episode 323 for February 2nd, 2017. I am so excited because we have a special guest in the house. Is it the Groundhog? Jerry Hildenbrand, how are you, dude? Oh. <laughs> I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, and all the way in Seattle, Andrew Martinick, how are you? I'm doing just fine. Uh, and I think I've missed three weeks of the podcast, so I'm ready to get back to it. Good. And you know who else is ready to get back to it? The real special guest of this episode. The one, the only, murder nerd. Uh, I'm sorry, that was wrong. Uh, modern Dad. Phil Nickinson, how are you, man? I kind of like murder and dirt. Murder. The, the kids, the kids nowadays, they don't like vowels. Have you heard? That's. I that's, was thinking uh, about or, that too. <laughs> I, I do feel like, and this is this is how much I've changed in the past few months. I do feel like I owe everybody an apology for that CES podcast because I didn't realize just how bad the big bag of Skittles was going to sound the whole time. <laughs> Who well, are you? The Phil I know would never apologize. The other part bad. of that is the recording was got compromised in a technical way, but yeah, you you, you compromised it in an organic way. I have I never ha- had a recording go south on me ever. <laughs> well, I was um, I I, w- I was dr- talked to harshly by our producer Jim, who uh, <laughs> oh, Jim. I'm sorry, man. I, know, I, I should have and, recorded and something. Like, Jim is the most diplomatic, like, nice person. Hi, Jim. And he was just like, guys, you have to have a redundant backup. Like, you have to have a second recording. Otherwise, like, stuff like that happens. So we are learning our lesson. I When when we're recording here, I always have audio hijack in the background, just picking up the Skype, uh, you know, the entire call, just so that if one of you messes up or a microphone drops or whatever, then at least I have my redundant backup. So... That's a good thing to start with. Uh, have you backed up your stuff lately? Yes or no? It's, uh, we're getting to you know the spring cleaning, I guess, and just make sure that you've got all your stuff. If it's Dropbox, if it's Google Drive, if it's, God forbid, OneDrive, uh, uh. you know, just put it somewhere. <laughs> uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, we're going to start with the Nexus, uh, I guess, the, the, sorry, the Nexus and the Pixel line got an update in beta to Android 7.1.2. And uh, it's not a big update, but, uh, you know, it, it'll get the ball rolling. So, Jerry, what is this update and why is it important? Or isn't uh, well, it? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm never going to say none. it's not important. They're all important on one level or another to someone. From what I can see so far, this is a... This cleans up some things that, you know, are great ideas, but they, they just needed a little bit of work. There's no big, real, you know, new front-facing features I see anywhere. It should provide better stability and battery life, like all these updates always say at the bottom that looks like that's what this was designed to do. Well, they didn't really tell us what was no, coming, well, right? No, they didn't no. announce any changes. And, you know, that got a lot of people... In an uproar, but I think it's great. Let, let's I mean, it's stop a point, changing point it. Update. Yeah, let, let's stop changing things and, and get what we have working really, really good. 
I just thought it was a weird thing to actually do a full blog post on their part about it. It's like, here comes this new maintenance release. And we're, I mean, they, they gave us some some known bugs, which they always do. And that's yeah. great. It almost seemed like it was more to, to ping people and get them on the beta track for later. Yeah, Maybe. Th- that's interesting. Um, you know, the, the, the official wording is it's an incremental maintenance release focused on refinements. So it includes a number of bug fixes and optimizations along with a small number of enhancements for carriers and users. So that's as vague as it gets. Uh, on my end, I'm up in Canada and this enabled Wi-Fi calling and Volti uh, on, on my carrier, which is kind of neat. And I know that that rolled out in 7.1.1 for people in India and a couple other countries as well. So it was there I on like T-Mobile. the fact that, yeah, well, T-Mobile didn't get it with 7.1 yeah. or was that, yeah. Um, Project 5 Master Race, I've had it forever. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good uh what what i like about this though is it it kind of resolves the issue that i had earlier on in the pixel life where the phone didn't adhere to a lot of the carrier optimizations because you bought it unlocked so unless you bought right. the verizon version you didn't inherently get things like volte or wi-fi calling out of the box and it does seem like google is now specifically working with carriers around the world to make sure that those features are being implemented. And the nice thing there is, I mean, it's kind of hard to track these things down. Like Daniel was saying that, uh, oh, well, I see this new screen, but, you know, I was like, oh, I have a T-Mobile one. I've had that screen for a long time. You know, that stuff swaps out when you change out your SIM. So you're not getting any extra stuff unless you're, the combination of the software you have and the carrier you have work together to give you, you know, HD voice or Volte or, you know, whatever they want to call it. That all shows up in the network settings based on the SIM card. Right. So, Phil, I, hate that. Uh, I, uh, hate I know it. that, you know, the three of us, you know, Andrew, myself and Jerry, we're using Pixels, but are you using your Pixel as your main phone? Absolutely. No, Pixel XL is still my main device. I am using the iPhone a little bit more than I used to, uh, just because I need to keep up on that stuff a little more. But yeah, it, it, every time I try to, to switch to the iPhone for anything longer than like an hour, I just my eyes start to bleed a little bit. <laughs> so now that you're kind of in both worlds, what is the clear advantage to you what what has like been reinforced about you know android 5 master race uh you know for you these days i I still think it's the same things that have that we've talked about for years and that is notifications and sharing Mm -hmm. and and sharing's gotten a little better in ios whatever version we're on now but it's still it's so much more seamless on android and and i get that that's not easy i mean ask any anyone who works in the framework side of things and you'll hear them talk about how how tough that sharing mechanism is and the intents um and and i think it paid off it it has absolutely paid off it's so much easier to share anything anywhere than it is in ios and notifications uh especially jesus the the uh, 3d touch on the iphone 7 it's it's like it's so much work to do the same things that a long press does. Uh, and you from, don't know when or where you, you know, where it is. So you don't know when you've activated it. So a right. lot of times you're just mashing your finger on the screen because you think there should be something down there. Yeah, it's it's very odd. And there are a few instances where it, it absolutely makes sense and, and it's done really well. 
But for the most part, it's just like, guys, just, no, just a long press would have done just fine. I don't have to press harder. It's almost like they had this hardware that was pushed on them and then they had to figure out what to do with it. Which is not well, a I think, I I think mean, that, that's exactly that what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you know? it makes more like from there and they have this technology. I think it makes a lot of sense in the non-moving home button for a number of reasons. It makes sense in the trackpads on yep. the, the latest couple of generations of Macs. I, I get that, especially as someone who had their trackpad break because it had a clicky button underneath it. But in the screen, it just I mean, it's it's an amazing technology, but it's just it was always kind of this trope over and over again that Android was hard to figure out because a lot of stuff hid behind these long presses. And this is like double hidden because you don't know if it's there and you don't know how hard to press and pressing lightly and hard is two different functions. It's, it's very confusing. I I think the, the, the not 3d touch button, but the non-moving home button, I think that works out great. And actually I use an iPad for my tablet now. And it still has the clicky button, and it's a weird like disconnect between that and this one. Um, yeah, you you want to hear a funny story about haptics and the iPhone Seven Taptic Engine? Sure, lay it uh, on us. I I love I love the idea of a of a non mechanical home button technically, and and I think you know with the gal- what we've seen with the Galaxy S Eight, it looks like even Samsung's moving away from a physical home button. But now I have a I have a malfunctioning hap- a Taptic. Uh, engine in my iPhone oh. 7 which means that every time I press the home button it's a, it's a double haptic feedback I get I literally get a second uh vibration which is a slightly right. harder than the first which I makes I guess you don't ev- think about that so, portion of it because it is a physical thing that's vibrating in there so that could break too well that's yeah. easy to fix just never take it out of your pocket and then <laughs> enjoy the the extra vibration Bader is That's now fun. in the four percent of people who are not satisfied with their iPhone. Am I? Am I? In the, is that? Is that the, the latest one? Is four percent? No, up to four percent. Yeah, uh, they were doing. You know what? They were doing the customer satisfaction stuff this week. Uh, so, I mean, just just to divert a second, like I was living uh, with, I, I was doing a, and I I am still doing a uh, comparison between the Huawei Mate Nine and the LG V twenty because I I mean they're both big phones and they're two of the best biggest phones you can buy and i could not wait to go back to the pixel like it is it is night and day the 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 quality of the software experience on the pixel compared to even something like the uh mate 9's emui 5.0 there are so many little things that they do badly on that that Mm -hmm. i just i don't understand why it's like change for change sake it's Ugh, it makes me so mad. Well, I mean, so, the good news is that's a completely new complaint for Huawei devices. <laughs> True. Hey, hey, Phil. Yes. Do you think now is a good time for me to start on Dan about looking at software version numbers before he uses the word best? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. And look, I mean, I've got a Mate 9 here and I love that hardware. It's it's more of the same goodness from them that, yeah, the side, you know. Same well, Jerry, story, I mean, tell me, tell me the alternative, right? Uh, that's unfortunate there is no alternative in in the android world if you are concerned about keeping your software up to date and secure you buy a pixel or you don't buy anything yep no i mean that's not that's not even what i'm saying it's it's about well that's what i was meaning well well, no i mean i (laughs) up to date sure we not everything's going to have the latest software except for what google produces but I think, I mean, I've been using the HTC 10. I've been using the OnePlus 3. 
all of them, both of them rather, have excellent implementations of 7.0. Yeah. You know, you, I, 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 I can barely find a complaint. I, uh, it's it's with the Mate Nine and the yeah. LG V20 where they diverge from from what I think Google intended and break stuff in the process. Well, and Google has a what a three year four year head start on Huawei in making good software for a phone that that factors in. Look at Samsung. I don't, I don't know. Did you ever have to use an old Samsung phone? I they they were they were bad. All the hate that people throw at Samsung software is valid if you only look at phones they made three years ago or older. It takes, you know, it takes time and practice. Uh, the Galaxy S7, it's still not for me, but everything worked. The this, this software, it's not simple, but it's not insanely difficult to figure out what you need to do. And the hardware can keep up, and the phone ran okay. It, it wasn't the problem it used to be. Huawei mm-hmm. will get there. Give them two years, and they'll be there too. I, I put them in two different camps, really. There's the camp of Samsung where it's it's a lot closer to what you can get on the Pixel or a Nexus or whatever, simply because, like Jerry was saying, everything works. The design makes a whole lot, like a lot of sense. There's an identity there. It's fast and you know, all that kind of stuff. But the one shortcoming there is the whole duplicate apps, default apps, bloatware stuff, which is a huge knock on just the overall experience, especially if you're comparing it directly to something like a pixel. And and we blame Samsung for all the the duplicate address book and all. And that's wrong. We, we, that's Google's requirement to put their own stuff. Yeah. Google is equally at fault there because Samsung wants to make money and get you, you know, to use their services and and use their but front you ends. Have, like but, Moto in OnePlus, as Daniel was saying, that they skip that stuff and just go with Google's. Yep. Now, of course, they don't get to make money off of all the extra add-ons. But anyway, so Samsung is in that camp. The, the camp that LG and Huawei are in is <laughs> they're not even like they wish that their only problem was duplicate apps. Uh, you know, so I don't even like to, a lot of people do put them on the same plane saying that. Huawei and Samsung are, oh, I don't like either one of them because they're customized from something else. Samsung's on a completely different level in terms of quality, speed, usability, design. You know, they only have subtle issues compared to Huawei just has major usability issues. And I was thinking about this more because I have the Mate 9 and I just can't even get into it really. Uh, I mean, our our friend, Mr. Mobile, almost called him by his actual... Uh, name but he's mr mobile uh you know had his mate nine review up and he was just like you know you have the simplest stuff is just not correct and you know obviously he's used just as many phones as any of us and you know it's not that we're just um fickle about these things these are real usability issues that still exist and i i I, i'll go back to what phil phil i love what you're doing i think that it's high time we find somebody who is enough of a nerd like you but you you, you do stuff for real people instead for of the other people, nerds for the people who are just joining this podcast for the first time what am i doing now how would you, you describe are, it how would i you are the smart guy in the neighborhood who plays with all this stuff and is still a regular guy you don't have an electronics bench in your office 
and you're not flashing things to your phone, but you still kind of like the cool things it can do. At some point, I'm going to make one of you guys say moderndad.com. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> you asked what I thought. I, you know, I never think anything that's right. But, oh. uh, I, I think well, you nailed it. Well, I was going to wait until the end and let you do your spiel. That, that'll wait be our everybody's ad gone. for today. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think hey, nobody you, nobody drops off this podcast when, when you right? you know you you explained it that it's just it's just not good and that's that's the perfect way to say it it's not good not yet it's been you know, the biggest revelation for me over the past six months or whatever that I've been not doing Android Central is like it's so nice to only use one or two phones and not one or two phones uh. a month <laughs> um, and. And it really is. What are you talking about? I'm, I know, right? I'm switching phones every two and a half days. It's really kind of cemented in my mind that there are really like three phones out there that that matter when you think of it in terms of market share and mind share. And that is the iPhone, Samsung, and to a lesser extent, Google stuff, just because it's Google. And it, it's growing, and that's good, but it's still just nowhere in the same ballpark as the numbers. And that's a shame for all those other manufacturers because there is some really good stuff out there. HTC still can make a really good phone. Oh. Motorola has has totally turned itself around in, in terms of quality. Um, you know, and, and look at what Huawei is doing. I still love it, but but in terms of things that actually matter in real numbers, it's it's really just those three. Yeah, Did I, just I, bomb I mean, everybody you're, out. You're I mean, no. well, well. There's 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 that side of the argument too, and then there's the I I think. I'm not going to say the optimist versus pessimist side, but the the reality versus uh, niche side. I mean, you, you saw the announcement this week that Nextbit made the Robin uh, with former HTC employees and a number of really great, really smart people and got purchased Moda by Razer. And, and Google people, yeah. And Google people, yeah. And I mean, that's a to some people that would say that's a success. You know, this is a company that had the audacity to go and build its own device and actually launch it. It was on sale. You could purchase it and use it and it got updates and all that good stuff. And that company was acquired. This is an Android OEM success story. On the other hand, it's disappearing. It's going into the ether of Razer. On the other side, we have a company like HTC, a stalwart. Some Somebody would say that it, it was instrumental in making Android what it is today. I mean, the first Android phone was an HTC-built product, and yet that company is losing executives left, right, and center. It's losing a lot of money, and it really is not able to convince people to purchase its devices. So It's it's putting out phones that aren't that competitive but cost $100 more. Exactly. And and but 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 there's also there are going to be loyal people who really will go out of their way to buy HTC phones. And and that's fantastic. So the fact that they're still around is super encouraging. If that, That's I, great, but they have to pay bills. Yeah, I, and it kills me because I, I'll tell you, if, if I could only have one phone that had to do it all, I think at this point in time, I would pick the HTC 10. I, I like the Pixel better in a lot of ways, and that's what I use. But the HTC 10 can do it all. The Pixel can't do it all. And and that's sad. People don't even know how great the HTC 10 is because nobody bought it and nobody's talking about it. And I don't see how HTC can fix it without Samsung billion bucks and throw it all over TV and 
in every Super Bowl ad and in online advertisement. HTC just can't do it. There's just I mean, they tried that with the M9 a little bit, but still, I mean, the problem there is there. HTC is a (laughs) very big company. Well, I mean, I'm talking more generally, but yeah, that's very much the case. Um, The problem is everything after the M7. Yeah, but the I mean, not just the one line, but just everything. But the problem is the HTC is coming from this level that uh, I'm putting my hands in the air and realizing nobody <laughs> but me can see them. But they're coming from this level of a huge multinational company with thousands and thousands of employees and this huge production um, line and all this, you know, rolling weight that's just in progress. But it doesn't match their sales. And they don't have another, I mean, now they're, they're doing all this VR stuff and that's all awesome, but they don't have other profitable divisions that can keep HTC moving. They don't have huge value in doing software for other people, or they don't have a division like LG making washing machines and extremely popular TVs and home theater equipment and all that kind of stuff. But they're still a huge company, but they're not even selling as many phones as you know, smaller players that, you know, may be owned by a larger company or operating independently or something like that. So HTC is kind of on the wrong end of the curve. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's super surprising to anybody, <laughs> but they have a different kind of issue than just talking about the the end products. The You know, the end products are only, and, and their sales are only really an issue because their company is so huge. Well, um, and what so they do a have a lot is, of people would be happy to be able to make those kind of phones. What they do have is really cool and really important. Making the Pixel phones is not unimportant. That's right. got to be just huge that's, contracts. Making that's a Vive, huge business move for yeah, sure. Yeah, making Vive is way cool. Um, the new stuff they did at CES was incredible, but that's not a money making enterprise just yet. That that one's really a long play that we're not going to see the fruits of for a while still. I yeah. just I hope. We, you pick up your iPhone or your Lumia or anything. It doesn't matter. Pick up a phone you bought that's less than a year old and thank HTC that it does the things it does. Because when they partnered with Google and brought Android out, that just was crazy when you compared it to everything else. That's what made everybody else focus on making your smartphone smarter. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm sure that HTC is happy to have that recognition, and a lot of people do recognize that. But that's not what keeps your right. company afloat. I, I, I would, I, I absolutely hate to think that you know, at this time next year, HTC could be not making phones. I hate that idea, but I mean, it could happen. Well, I mean, look how long it took BlackBerry to get out of the phone yeah. making market. I mean, we we were signing their death knell back in 2013 and it basically took until late 2016 for the company to divest itself completely of its manufacturing and and and, and hardware and, enterprises so i you know htc and f- to, just to be clear we don't know that this is a the htc's agreement with google is a long-term multi-year agreement right um, but we, we know that well, it's we, money in the bank with no marketing cost we, or anything like that. Right. We can read yeah. all over the internet that it's multi-year, but we don't know that for a fact. Well, we I mean, that would make sense. LG had a couple yeah. years. Samsung had a few years. Everybody but but Huawei at this point has had more than one opportunity in HTC, I guess, until now. Right. So, I mean, let's hope. And, and HTC is still 
booking about six to seven hundred million dollars in revenue a quarter, which is not a lot, but it's it's something. And and uh, just based on uh, revenue, sorry, based on profit, you know, they're they're not making money every quarter anymore. They haven't made money consistently for a long time, but they are a publicly traded company and they seem to be able to stay afloat. I mean, there let's are, just look at their latest launch, though, with the with the you play and whatever the other one is. You uh, ultra, my, uh, you know what? ultra. That's that I wanted to say it. you pro. Yeah, that that that's it. the problem right there. Right. I mean, <laughs> Andrew just, is the person who's supposed to know everything about all these phones and a, the HTC whatever. That's the entire problem. We just yeah, don't so, pay attention. I mean, my point there is just look at that launch. They they launched it. At, they actually had a proper event in Taiwan. They launched the phone right away in Taiwan. They launched it in the U.S. unlocked with no carrier partnership, and it doesn't go on sale for seven weeks afterward. And it's seven hundred and fifty dollars unlocked. Um, you know, that just shows that they figured. I mean. They realize that this isn't like the marketing campaign they put behind the one M9. I mean, they're going to sell the thing in the U.S. They're going to make some sales, but this isn't their focus. They're going right. to try to sell both phones, the U Ultra and the U Play in Asia. They're going to push the Ultra in Europe, where there's a bit more of, you know, people buying expensive unlocked phones. It kind of puts things on more of a level playing field, and they're kind of just going to back out of the U.S. on this one. I was thinking I mean, about that. That shows it. I, I was thinking about something this morning. Actually, I think I had a little bit to MWC. Does BlackBerry like? I, as much as I hate to say, anybody wins any of these shows. Does BlackBerry just win MWC by default this year? Yes, the I mean, swan song is 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 freaking beautiful, and every BlackBerry fan has been waiting ten years for it. I mean, matter. it's an interesting thing because sure they can. They can win MWC, I guess, but they've told us from the start here that this isn't this isn't even a consumer play, especially for the Mercury. It's a we want to work, we want to get carriers on board, we want to sell these to companies, and yes, we're going to sell them unlocked for the BlackBerry diehards. It it's like Jerry said, it's a great story, and it's awesome to see that there are BlackBerry phone, you know, a phone out there with a BlackBerry logo on it that feels like a legitimate BlackBerry, but is it going to be, I mean, so it's a win from a narrative perspective, but it's like, it's still not going to come anywhere near the sales of like the G6, which we expect to launch at the same time. And, And even then we talk about LG not doing that well in terms of sales. So sure. It can, it can win the hearts and minds of the nerds, are the nerds among the nerds, I guess, the BlackBerry nerds. But it's like even the G6, which is probably once again going to be trounced by the sales of the Galaxy S8, is going to destroy the the Mercury in terms of sales. Yeah. I mean, there's also one thing to keep in mind as we... we I, I was trying not to uh, until we, we have uh, Kevin, Crackberry Kevin himself on the podcast, hopefully next week. But... Uh, this is the 10-year anniversary of Crackberry, as I'm sure you're aware, because it's been hard to miss it. And there's, you know, a lot of, I think, confusion around what BlackBerry and BlackBerry Mobile mm-hmm. uh, is or are, and and how BlackBerry Mobile, the company actually making the BlackBerry Mercury, 
is not BlackBerry itself. It's not based in Canada. It's TCL, which is a Chinese company that owns the Alcatel brand, purchased it back in like 2007 or something, and has been making phones under Alcatel OneTouch and TCL for years. So this is not a BlackBerry. It's It's got you, the you licensing. F- you hush your mouth. I'm no, no, sorry. No, let's, let's, let's speakers let's, off. It, no, it is a BlackBerry because it's called a BlackBerry. That's all that matters. It, it, right, right, yeah. right. But but to to so it's a little bit like uh, it, it's it's a BlackBerry insofar as the company that owned the brand has decided that TCL is the most appropriate or the best caregiver of the future of the BlackBerry hardware. But you know, as we saw with the DTEC fifty and DTEC sixty. The DNA is is kind of it's not there, and we don't. And Andrew is the only one of us who's actually used the Mercury, and I have no doubt that the yep. keyboard is the same as the one that you found on the BlackBerry Made Classic and Bold and all that good stuff. But we have to be very clear about this. They are two distinct companies, and yeah, and I mean the one thing I can say is the Mercury. Even though I you know I only used a pre production model, I can tell you that it feels like a BlackBerry for real in ways that obviously the DTEC 50 and DTEC 60 in, in no way feel. Yeah, like I, I can, I don't have to use the Mercury to see that BlackBerry designed that phone. Maybe they didn't assemble it, but that, that was, and supposedly I mean, it's going to be the last, but that that's a BlackBerry through and through, even if they didn't build it. Well, I think that the biggest thing to know, so yes, there's this separation of, of the companies. Um, in terms of operations and uh, everything, really. But the I think the important thing is that this parent company of TCL, they're not they're not going to continue to do the DTEC fifty DTEC sixty thing where they take an existing model and slap a BlackBerry badge on it. It seems like they're serious about taking the actual you know lineage of BlackBerry and carrying it on um, because. You know, if you think about it, there's more value in continuing to carry that on as is than, you know, squandering away that name. If you're going to do that, you might as well just keep making phones under the Alcatel brand. Right. I mean, I, I don't disagree. With, and Jerry, you're you're right. I, I have to be clear. BlackBerry, the Canadian company, did design this, if not, and, and didn't build it, but they haven't built phones for a couple of years. Uh, the, the distinction that I'm making here is that the future of the hardware coming out with you know the blackberry name is is no longer going to be necessarily associated with the john chen we right. are a software and mobile device management company which and is, th- I, I think maybe that's more important for me because i i like i cut my teeth in tech journalism writing about blackberry i am th- i'm the guy that you know cbc and ctv would call to talk about the z10 and Q10 and all these phones. And I think I have a bit more, I'm a bit more uh, defensive of the history of this company and not in a bad way. I I love the way that, you know, John Chen has come about to re I I, I think refactor is a good word for it. There's, he has no ties to the past. He's only looking towards making BlackBerry a profitable company. But the fact that we're spending this long talking about the phones is interesting that's all i think it's just interesting given how limited the 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 actual availability and the actual interest of these phones will be let me ask it this way 
is this more BlackBerry to BlackBerry than Palm was after HP picked it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it seems like you can call this more of a true BlackBerry device. Because you, the real BlackBerry this, is still, still making the software. Yeah. But we don't know what it's going to be like after this. But right now, yeah, this is... I, I, I know what we're supposed to call the company names, and I know, you know what, what the differences are. But when I see the Mercury, I see a BlackBerry. The next phone, I don't know. And it's still, I mean, it's going to be called the BlackBerry Mercury or whatever their name is going to be. You know, I mean, that's that's the big thing. The the it, the the big point is that the consumer facing stuff in terms of the hardware, the marketing, the sales, everything is the new company. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the it's the software services back end that's the original BlackBerry because it continues to live on doing enterprise level services and all kinds of mobile device management and stuff like that and you know cars and all that to me it was almost in and i saw the email kevin sent us you know announcing all that but it was like it's almost the same as when you hear you know samsung electronics versus samsung mobile to me you know they're the same company Mm. Mm. well they're not the same company i mean this is the (laughs) the difference is right but they might as well be tcl could I mean, if they didn't, like, they could end this agreement at some point. TCL could make holistically in-house the Blackberries with the software and everything. So the the ball is more in TCL's court than Blackberry, the original company's court. So, so here's, that's the big thing. So I, I, I sorry to interrupt. I just want to clarify one, one more thing just to get, like, real nitty-gritty about this. I had <laughs> a conversation with the TCL PR person uh, today who wasn't able to give me a final answer, but this is what he believes the relationship will be in terms of software and updates. So uh, BlackBerry build, BlackBerry, the Canadian company, builds the software, Android 6.01 Marshmallow or Android 7.0 Nougat or whatever, submits it to TCL to install on the hardware. TCL then does its thing, makes it all nice and optimized, and then sends it back to BlackBerry Canada for a digital signature that puts its security stamp on it so that BlackBerry, the software company, can turn around and say, this TCL-built Mercury is just as secure as the Priv when we made it ourselves. Right. And basically, it's my understanding that's kind of how they did the DTEK-60, that the software was built and designed completely by BlackBerry, but TCL had to make it run really well on the DTEK-60 you know, if in a God lot of ways. forbid something bad should happen to this phone and batteries start exploding, who suffers? Does it TCL. matter? No, no, <laughs> no. The whole thing goes down. It doesn't matter which company. It's a BlackBerry. Well, I mean, TCL mm. is responsible for it. Sure. I mean, here's the Blackberry thing. Blackberry when, when something like that, not on the back of it, but he, man. I, well, here's the here's the difference. When 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 uh, the the stuff hits the fan, BlackBerry, the Canadian company. Uh, sh- can just say, well, we didn't build that. They're no, not culpable yeah. for anything. No way. They're not, no, they will no, never no, get away it. with that. They not going to happen. No, I'm saying Samsung if somebody comes out, if and Samsung made the damn thing. If if BlackBerry, the Canadian company, if somebody comes knocking, if a regulator comes knocking on their door and says, "What's going on with this?" They say, "Shruggy, we didn't build it. Go talk to TCL." I yeah, mean, but, seriously. And BlackBerry, the company. 
it's funny because, of course, their name is on the Mercury and the DTEC 60 and DTEC 50, but they, they're not actually the consumer facing part of it. The consumer facing part is Blackberry Mobile, the division of TCL that makes the phone. Yeah, unless you call customer service, you're not calling BlackBerry in Canada. People will say, I'm never buying a BlackBerry again. Exactly. But here's the thing. That's TCL's problem. It's uh, when somebody says, I'm not buying this. Okay, take an exploding battery out of it. Say they get a Mercury and it's slow and laggy and the battery dies in three hours. And they say, I'm never buying a BlackBerry again. That's not BlackBerry Canada's problem. That's BlackBerry... That's BlackBerry Mobile's well, problem. Yeah, it is. Because it is when they go to sell the next one. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. BlackBerry, the company in Canada, has already divorced itself from that. Sure, it's a revenue stream, but they've already said the future of our company is not these phones. I mean, they did that uh, two years ago. They yeah. said that the future of our company is not these phones. They've completely removed that as a pillar of their business selling phones to consumers even selling phones to enterprises is not a core tenant of blackberry in canada right now they've completely removed themselves from that you could pull that chair out from the table and they do not care but but the people that go to at&t to buy a new blackberry and don't read crackberry don't know that they only know blackberry and if they have a phone that they don't like they say blackberry is crap don't buy BlackBerry and that, you know, the next phone has BlackBerry services on it and it's made by LG. I don't want that BlackBerry crap. Well, that's fine because BlackBerry, again, I'm not talking about BlackBerry mobile in, you know, TCL's uh, realm. Yes, that's a problem for them. That's their consumer facing problem. I'm saying that person that walks into AT&T and says, no, I don't want this. I don't want a BlackBerry ever again. Nobody in Canada is shedding a tear over that. Because they're busy selling servers to Fortune 500 companies and selling software to car companies to put in their self-driving car. I have a confession they, they to make. They do not give a damn what happens in an AT&T store. I, I, I have a serious confession I need to make here. I have totally yes, lost whatever the hell it was we were talking about when we got on <laughs> this. Blackberry's doomed, bottom line. Okay, there you cool. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, think, I think we spoke, uh, have been speaking a little bit... I think we can create a drinking game from the number of times the word BlackBerry has been used in the last 20 minutes. Uh, but I also want to reinforce the fact that, you know, going mentioning CrackBerry in that world, I mean, we we started this conversation talking about the 10th anniversary of CrackBerry and CrackBerry Kevin and all that stuff. You know, we are assuming that the hardcore loyal BlackBerry phone buyers even like the fact that it transitioned over to android because i know a lot of people i mean that comes back to me being canadian but i know a lot of people who still are very very rah-rah on bb10 and i mean i see some people saying exists why would you buy this you could buy a z10 it's like guys but but the people come on the people who had to leave blackberry because it just stopped being for them now have a blackberry that works for them yeah, but, but you, okay, so can't... there there are there are 100,000 Canadian civil servants out there who have no choice yeah. but to have a BlackBerry. I mean, the, I'm talking about like a my my one of my good friends just got issued a BlackBerry Leap 
because she works in the Ontario government. I'm sorry. And that's what everybody gets. So <laughs> the fact is that these contracts haven't expired yet. And no. the BlackBerry leaps of the world and the BB10, you know, people clamoring for a 10.3.4 update because it may fix this legacy bug that was introduced in 2014. I mean, those are the people who many of them would look at a BlackBerry Priv or a Mer- even a Mercury and go, what the hell? Don't tell me that I sp- I'm supposed to use Android. Yeah, I saw you know, a lady using a bold 9900 yesterday. I, 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 I was there. It's like, man. If I could yeah. buy a new BlackBerry 8000 series curve with BlackBerry 5, or even if I had to BlackBerry 7 on it, I'd buy it today. BlackBerry 10 just did not work. Jerry. I hated it. It was horrible. Everything I liked about BlackBerry stopped being there, and instead they started worrying about <clears throat> excuse me, music players and all this other nonsense. So that, we're we're so talking about we're not going from BB10 to Android. You're right. talking about I don't even want BB10. But but BlackBerry's <laughs> been through this before. There was an upheaval when they went to BB10. Uh, yeah, you know it's it's I I know exactly what Dan's talking about because I was there, and and he's right. If I still go to CrackBerry, I, I still kind of work there. Uh, there are a whole, I would say the majority of people just absolutely hate the idea of a Mercury. I mean, I can't speak to, I mean, I was never a gigantic BlackBerry fan, so I can't speak to the amazing, you know, community, you know, <laughs> strong community around it. But I can say that, you know, there are people that have come over to reading Android Central more and, you know, hey, they've bought a Galaxy S5 at the time or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, maybe they bought a Priv eventually or something like that. And, they there is that middle ground that they enjoy the blackberry name but they understood that it just it was time to yeah. let go and there are some of those people that still have a reasonable affinity to the to not just the blackberry name but what it means and but i mean again that goes back to it's that is a small portion of what blackberry mobile is trying to do with the mercury they straight up said that the core audience right from the start is getting carriers on board and getting enterprises on board. You so know, like I these- said about two days ago, there are really <laughs> only three phones that matter. It's one of them, the Blackberry like Mercury. Very long time ago. <laughs> welcome to the Berry Flow podcast. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's so funny. Like we're talking about scale, right? Like uh, go back to some of strategy analytics, um, sales numbers for this past or i think it was the third quarter you know the iphone and the galaxy s7 series by themselves that is four phones the iphone 7 7 plus the galaxy s7 and 7 edge um those phones that comprise 60 percent of u.s phone sales four devices and that the, the pixel was only four percent and that's still a lot that's like Five oh. million or something, yeah, and that's, that's one of the phones that matters. That's and, one, and then we're talking about like before. this huge long tail of everything from LG to six-year-old Samsung J phones that are still sold for you know fifty bucks on Metro PCS. So though, I mean, there are just so many devices to talk about. But Phil's absolutely right. I mean, there's market share and there's mind share, and Google has a disproportionate amount of mind share from people like us, but then BlackBerry and HTC have a an enormously disproportionate mind share because we talk about them so much, even though in you know reality, if you go into a carrier store, most people are looking at two or three choices. 
And that's that's bad. That's bad for everybody. Uh, it, you know, it's great for the companies, and they earn BlackBerry or I'm sorry, Apple and Samsung deserve to be there. They worked hard to get there, but that just stifles the the advance of technology in all ways. We only get to see what BlackBerry. Or, yeah, I keep saying it. We only get to see what Samsung and Apple Drink. wants to see. It's working. Okay, I I, I want to. Um, I, I wanted to switch gears for a second because this has got me thinking Please. about modern dad. <laughs> and I do, I, I want to, I'm legitimately curious, Phil, because this is something that you've been pouring your heart and soul into for the last few months. And you've been doing a whole bunch of these really cool ask modern dad segments. And the, the, the kind of the normals, the people who interact with technology every day, but aren't necessarily as involved as we are in it. What are they asking? What are the most important questions that people want answered in early 2017 it's funny how yeah i mean a lot of the questions come back to that that same old question that we've been trying to answer and help people answer for years right and that is should i spend my money on this thing and for a lot of people it's security and it's especially security when you first start having kids um whether it's physical security how do i you know what cameras should i get for my house uh, or whether it's digital digital security, how do I keep my kids safe with a tablet? How do I keep you know? How do I let them use a tablet and still keep them safe? And it's funny because this is something I've experienced in my own life as well. And it's at the end of the day, the answer is really you can't. So you you know you have to be present in their lives and and help take care of them as best you can and acknowledge that there will be mistakes and you won't do everything right and and try to mitigate it. It's funny. I I keep thinking back to something my dad told me when I was I don't know twenty or thirty years old, and and that is we set the bar so high just because we didn't want you to kill yourself, and it 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 made total sense after that. Like my entire childhood came into focus. It's like oh, I get it now. Um, no, cameras has been the big one. Um, what sort of stuff do I need for a newborn baby? And my answer to that is still nothing. You need to sleep as much as you can and take care of that kid the rest of the time. None of this hmm. tech will help you at all. Um, I was kind of amazed at CES by all the the new mother stuff. There's like a whole section for that. And it's like all about futuristic breast pumps and stuff. And, and I'm sure everyone's experience with that is different. But mine was, holy crap, that looks like it hurts. Um, <laughs> and then my wife told me to take it off and never touch it again. <laughs> If you've seen it before, that that joke makes sense. He, yeah. um, uh, go watch yeah, Modern Dad. Re- really, it's yeah. No dad jokes coming from Modern Dad. It, it's really that same question. You know, is this thing any good, and should I spend my money on it? And I tell you, one of the things I just looked at was that stupid Boom Touch speaker. I don't know if you guys get the as seen on TV <laughs> ads that that we get here, and it's just it is the world's worst commercial. It's like people green screened into a mall and it's so obviously not in a mall and they're just <laughs> magically surprised by this speaker that you don't have to use wires for, you don't even have to use Bluetooth. And I'm like, I this has got to be video. the, it's got to be the biggest piece of crap ever. It's 20 bucks. All right, I'll get one and see. And you know what? The damn thing kind of worked. It's not great, dude, but Phil, I've known you for years. Yes. You were impressed by that thing. Maybe not I, how well it worked, but you were fascinated with it. it. It was damning with faint praise. I was impressed by how much it didn't suck. Yeah, but it was it was really neat. I, I loved your video on that, by the way. And if you haven't you. seen it, YouTube. What's your YouTube, Phil? Modern Dad. There you go. Uh, check it out. I, I knew it. I just wanted you to say it. Come on. <laughs> uh, 
it's a cool video and it's it's it wraps up what modern dad is to me that was just perfect i've watched it a couple times yeah it's like holy crap there's this little 20 dollar thing that doesn't suck and and you can actually you know waste a little money on it not feel bad about yourself and it's fun i love i think you know I, i think it's fair to say i was getting a little burned out it's fun to to see a product that actually surprises you because it's been a while since I've had that. It was nice seeing you have fun. I, I, really I kind of nice. want to. I, I want to talk about that a little bit, Phil, because it's you know anybody who's been in this business long enough knows that it's hard making good videos. You know, we we I think Mr. Mobile, who started a few months before you uh, at at Mobile Nations, and and he came from Pocket Now, like he made it look easy. Um, Which, but knowing by the way, how much for just a quick. A plug on that for people go watch his first um, gear video where he explains all of the crap that he has to go through to get these seemingly simple shots and phil's learning a lot of this too obviously yeah. crash course in videography making stuff look that good as good as what phil does and what michael does is not easy like at not just like the thousands of dollars in gear but you know all the little tricks and stuff you learn is it's just insane well and it, it's funny i mean to pull the pull the curtain back behind that a little bit those are such different kinds of videos and, and what guys like mm-hmm. marquez and and in as i've been discovering all these other names i've never even heard of you know and these and these people <laughs> who you know, have massive followings yeah you and i look at these videos like who the hell is that i've never heard of them and because we never got outside of our little bubbles we never got outside of our circles and and i'm nowhere near that level yet so i'm just gonna make the best thing i know how to make and a lot of times that's gonna be me acting and sounding and, and being a little weird and goofy because that's what i am wearing a football helmet wearing a football helmet that was <laughs> give us give us like the the, the 90 second uh, Here's is the modern cliff, dad pitch, and, and this cliff, is what is I it, actually is a Cliff's note or Cole's notes in the U.S. Cliff's oh, notes here. Cliff's here, notes. Here, here's um, what is, I I ran around CES doing. I I talked to all the people I already know, and then a bunch I don't, and said there are a whole bunch of twenty year olds on YouTube doing their thing and doing it really really well. I can't do that. I'm not that young anymore. I'm not that cool. I don't have that sort of energy. <laughs> but what I do have is experience. I have experience in this space and I have experience in life. I have a wife. I have kids. I have a mortgage. And so I can bring that to what we're doing. And what we've had to be a little careful about is not falling back on that default noun review. You know, here's this thing. I'm going to review it. And I can do it and I can make, you know, five minutes of very nice product review. It's not fun. It's not entertaining to me. How do, how do I make videos that that are interesting to watch? And then how do I get other people to watch them? It's it's a weird space to crack, and I'm still learning that. But it's been a lot of fun starting from scratch all over again. You know, instead of a quarter million subscribers on the AC channel, I have forty three hundred <laughs> very very engaged people, and that's great. So it's 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 been a nice ego check for the soul. What have the what what are the biggest things that you've learned so far? I mean, you've made what a dozen videos or so now, or maybe more. I think we're up to um, twenty seven now. Oh wow, good for you! So yeah, you're three three a week, which is a pretty pretty fast clip. Uh, what are the the biggest things that you've learned from your first until your twenty seventh? It really is just such a different sort of video than I'm used to. Even just making the product videos that we would do for AC, you know, the review videos. Um. I I think this is going to be a lot more personality driven. It's going to be about me as much as it was the product. And 
And what I think what at least I tried to do at Android Central was 180 degrees the other direction. It you know I do not matter. I'm showcasing this thing. I'm telling you about this thing. And yeah, I mean some of me leaks into that. But look at look at I mean you guys continued to grow after I left, and that's a testament to you as much as it is the way we do things there. And that is Android is what drives this thing. You know, and it'll still live on beyond Phil. What I'm doing right now is very, very different from that. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's, it's totally different, and I'm still figuring it out. So how long does it typically take to make like a two- to three-minute video? Um, for us, probably quicker than Fisher. And, and actually, we were just watching that video of Fisher's today. Excuse me, Mr. Mobile. We were just watching that again today. And it, it's a very different sort of thing because I'm talking directly into the camera. And unless you're trained in that, and I'm not. I think it, it's just <laughs> really easy to screw up. I'm still learning some of the technical stuff. I just got an, another new camera, so I'm relearning that again as well. And then there's so much about photography and videography that I just don't know that I'm that I'm learning on the fly. Um, for us, I think we can bang out a watchable video in a day, but but that's been the key for us. How do we plan far enough in advance and ensure that we are working far enough in advance so that we're not just busting something out like the old days just to meet a deadline. At the end of the day, if it's not entertaining, it's not something that's fun to watch about this thing, then who cares? Why are we bothering? Because um, I can go watch product reviews anywhere. I want to watch, I want to see something that's fun and interesting from Phil because you know he's going to do something idiotic and probably fall down and hurt himself. And I, I got to ask about the the interaction with your two girls who are awesome and hilarious and, and your wife, Shannon, um, what, what, what's that like? I mean, integrating them into your videos, obviously, you know, it's, it's about, it's personal space. It's, it's a comfort thing. You know, how did they respond to this idea <laughs> of, of you being like, listen, I, you're going to be a part of my job now, essentially. <laughs> I, so, I, I'm just picturing your oldest when you asked her if she wanted to be on your video. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I have a 10 year old daughter who wants to be a YouTube star. Um, and, and I'm just like, go do your math homework, please. Yeah. The key is to keep them from acting a little bit. And cause they, they want to show off and, and you know, my wife did drama stuff when she was younger. And, and so she kind of reverts into that role. And I'm like, no, just talk to me, talk to the camera, give me a hard time. Like you normally would. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. You will actually see the two of us in bed in tomorrow's video. Oh man, that is yeah. a proper tease right there. Yeah. Dad after dark, God. <laughs> I'm surprised you let me get away with that. I'll probably get yelled at after it goes. No, she looks fine. Uh, no, it, and it's funny because you know, to remember you guys, but I've always let in these little peaks of my life, whether it's socially or whatever. Anyway, so now it's just a little bit more, and people rightfully so want to see my wife more because she's far more attractive than me, and she's a woman. Uh, people want to see my kids because they are far cuter than me. So I get it, and they get it, and eventually they're going to probably send me an invoice for all this. That's, that's got to be rough. I, I, uh, you know, I, I don't just want to say I know your wife and kids, but I've talked to your wife and kids. It scares the hell out of me that you're that, that, that they're going to get thrown out there. Sure. And I, 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 I get I, that. I, I know you'll do it the right way, but it's still scary. Yeah, and... I mean, that comes back to the whole thing of having kids in 2017 at all. It, it does scare the hell out of me. And 
I recognize that, oh my God, I mean, like she had a sleepover with some friends last weekend or the weekend before, and I see one of them going live on Instagram. It's like, oh, these 10-year-old girls don't need to be doing anything live Jeez. on Instagram. Mm. And and yeah, that's scary. And Or anything on Instagram. Right. Jeez. Well, I mean, 10 years old. Yes, 10 is the new 15, I guess. And, I grew and up they in want a to use this stuff. And I think they should use this stuff. Um, I think it needs to be that's actually the other biggest question I've gotten is how old should my, you know, how old should my kid be before I give him a phone or a tablet? Right. I don't have an answer for that. There is no answer for that. It's totally you've up gone to you. With that, right? You have um your your oldest kid has a uh, a phone on Project 5, I believe. Yeah. Um, she's and, using and a, a, a and a Pixel. That's and, just so yeah. awesome. <laughs> She's still using that original uh, 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 Chromebook Pixel. So am I. Oh, uh, so am I. it up. Original Pixel. <laughs> yeah, it, it's My wife still uses that. Homework. Best it's a great laptop, laptop ever. Yeah. It's an excellent laptop, yes. Battery lasts about 40 minutes, but yeah, that's, you know, it's that's, got that's a besides cord. the point. <laughs> but, you know, I've had to take that phone away a lot, too, because <laughs> it's really easy to use all this stuff as a babysitter. And I think it's really bad to do that. And I have to get better about that. I know everybody, your kids are smarter than you think. Oh, absolutely. Do not underestimate your children. They, they see more and understand more than, than you think, or at least they hear it. And and what's, what's the feedback been so far, Phil? I mean, have you been happy with how people have received modern dad as a brand or as, you know, you representing uh, this idea of like, a kind of geeky but you know approachable figure who tells them about technology. Yeah, and I think I'm able to recognize that it's a little bit of a bubble right now because it's a lot of people who knew me already. But it's it's fun as people from Mr. Mobile's world who already knew him say, "Oh wait, this is Phil guy. I'd never heard of him before," which which sounds weird to me. I'm like, but I've been uh, whatever. Um, it it's. So far, it's been good, and it hasn't been as nasty as I expected. Because you hear the horror stories of, of people on YouTube. I, I notice I've been good. You you never had to delete any comments from me. I never deleted any comments from you anyway. But I just wanted somebody to tell me I was good. <laughs> it's hard. Yes, Jerry. You're very good. You're a very Jerry. good boy. Also, read Jerry's uh, posts on your fingerprints and the Fifth Amendment. Yes, uh, that's up on the site today. I. I think it's very interesting. Uh, as somebody who's not in the U.S., doesn't have to live by the the, the new reality. I guess uh, yeah. this is something well, new to the me. Old so reality was, too. We, the old reality too. So yeah. uh, the amendments have been a reality for a long time. I hate to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're kidding. But, uh, no, I know that. I, I mean, I, or I, the, I, the, I, the, I uh, it this morning or, or late last night, and and that stands today as it stood. You know. Right. Last year or five years ago, if you want something to be secret, you do not write it down. You do not put it on a computer. You do not put it on a phone because as soon as you do, that opens you up to five million different avenues of attack, period. Yeah. Well, but read it anyway. That's kind well, of a yes. bummer, huh? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been, I have had several people, why, you know, why does this, you're just doing this to be political? No. No, I, I wrote that when our last president was in charge. Everything is the same, but right now the climate on both sides, people are making a lot of noise, causing a lot of trouble. Uh, you might end up having a police officer want to see what you're doing if you're in the wrong place, making the wrong kind of trouble. 
And if you value your privacy, you need to know. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's, that's a fair point. Um, I, I'd like to finish off by actually circling back all the way to the beginning of the conversation. We're talking about Android 7.1.2, but we didn't talk about the fact that the Nexus 6 and Nexus 9, which were two devices that Google released uh, in partnership with uh, Motorola and uh, who made the Nexus 9? HTC. HTC, right. Um, I, I'm like drawing a blank for a second. That Those phones and tablet are end of life. Andrew, what does this mean? Is this a big deal? Uh, is this something that we expected? Why Why now? Why Why not 7.1.3? Why, why would it be updated yeah. 7.1.1? Like it makes no sense. Had this discussion in the comments with a, you know, a lot of people that were still, I mean, if you were happy with the Nexus 6 a year ago, you're, you're probably still relatively happy with it today. The reality is that, I mean, when it got its 7.1.1 update, which I guess, you know, not everybody has gotten yet, but it started to roll out in January, you were already talking about 26 months since it was released. And Google only committed to 24 months. So it kind of already did did you a solid by getting you 7.1.1. But the reality there is there's nothing specific about 7.1.2 or you know, 7.1.3 or whatever that wouldn't run on the Nexus 6 or yes, Nexus 9. They could, yes, there is. They could surely, they could surely give these people an update and, you know, take out things or whatever and just well, make it run. Yes, they could. Yes, Jerry. They, they could, but, uh, we, and, and we rightfully get mad at Google. Why can't you be like Apple and give us more? Uh, we're mad at Google for the wrong reasons. Google, why don't you make better contracts with Qualcomm? You make contracts that suck and you only can support your phones for two years because of it. It's the buck has to stop at Google. It's their fault. But if the, 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 the new system, even though this is an incremental update, some of the things that make it smoother and run better require updates from Qualcomm for the Nexus 6's part. Qualcomm doesn't have to give them. They're not. We, yes. we don't get it. And that's squarely on the contract that was made when the phone was first built. But, uh, so that's exactly my point. There's no technical reason why this phone could not no, run this software. It would run it just it's, fine. It's the fact that it had to stop at some point And Google, I mean, Google committed to two years. And I, I hated to make the argument to people in the comments, but you got two years of platform updates Good luck getting that anywhere else. I mean, this is just kind of the reality. Yeah. You got, well, you got 26 months, whatever, of platform updates, and it just had to stop somewhere. It just happened to be 7.1.1. Now, you're going to get uh, monthly security updates through uh, through October. I guess it could technically run into November if they want to say that. It was announced at the end of October, went on sale in November. Um so they could go, you know, you probably get the November 1st security patch or whatever, but you know, you're you're still going to get that additional year of security updates and at that point, you know, god help you if you've been using a, a Nexus oh. 9 for 3 years, but a Nexus 6, sure, I understand that you're frustrated. It's also, I mean, end of life. I I hate to have to use that because <laughs> the thing will still work and of course, you're not going to be on the latest security patch, but again, you're gonna if you you you're gonna you could buy 
a phone that came out, you know, two months ago, and it probably is not going to be updated to the November 1st security patch, um, you know, until next March of 2018. (laughs) You know what I mean? So they're sure it's going to be behind the other nexuses, but it's still going to be up to date for a while and give you a little extra run runway before you decide that you want to move on to something else. It is frustrating, but this is kind of the reality. You know, when you add in the pixels, uh, you have two more devices to support and, you know, two are going to drop off the bottom when they get to be two years old and they just go into not end of life. I would say just maintenance mode for the next uh, 11 months where you get uh, just security patches and no platform updates. And I mean, the, these are devices that I think even with an, uh, you know, a quote end of life of on 7.1 to one should be pretty performant for a long time. Like there's no reason yeah, to think I mean, that your I, Nexus I took 6 my is going to stop working. And, and it, I mean, the camera is still terrible and whatever, but I took it out and it, you know, it still works just fine. 7.1.1 and it runs. It's probably so, wise to, to, to not want extra features thrown on older hardware that, that I can get. Uh, the, my only problem is let's, and, and we, back to the security thing, Google will support the Nexus six with security patches as long as they can guaranteed two years, but that could be, sure. you know, or three years from time of sale, but it could be a lot longer. They'll, they'll keep doing it until they can no longer just install the software that they've built. They need something else. But if you buy a brand new Nexus 6, let's say, what, eight months ago, nine months ago, they were still available new, you you probably will still be able to use it after next October. And it doesn't have new features, and that, that's fine, but it's not secure against something that somebody might dream up in December. That, that's a problem, right. and, and I have a real problem with that, and I don't know how to fix it. But I think you just have to put that into the perspective that, you know, your Mate 9 probably isn't going to be secure right. against oh, the same thing. I, yeah. But it's also not going to be secure against the threats that came out six months before that either. Right. I'm not, ex- you know, to me, those are the same issue, but different issues. They're, the Mate 9 is, Huawei, why didn't you do it? But the Nexus 6 is squarely on Google. You know, why, Google? Why, why is my iPhone 5S, you know, running what Apple says is their best software and, and configured go. in the best way that they can for my 5S, but the Nexus 6 is done. I, I don't get it. Well, I mean, that's... That's just the way it's always been done. You just kind of accept uh, yeah. it as, and it's as, always going to be as convention. Um, but you know, it's Jerry, still not bef- good. Before we go, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I, um, I, I, I saw something on Twitter about how Apple is thinking of deprecating ARM thirty two or thirty two bit support on its apps uh, for twenty for iOS eleven and. Uh, Android Authority, who's our, our frenemies over there, uh, had a pretty good article about what that means for Android if it does the same thing. If we move to the ARM v8 instruction set um, for uh, exclusively for for Android apps, uh, what what kind of 
impact are we looking at? And and would that even be possible on in an ecosystem that is so diverse no. as, as Android? Google Google will have to do that eventually, but they can't do it right now. They can't do it until Blue and every other small company out there no longer has any phones that are 32-bit only. Uh, the, the Apple side, it's cut and dry. The iPhone 5C may get a little bit affected. Everything older than that, it's just not going to be able to run anything new ever. The Android side, it's, you know, the Nexus S won't be able to do it. The Galaxy Nexus won't be able to. Uh, it's up in the air. There are so many phones not out there. Not my Nexus S. Hey, the Nexus S was one of the best phones ever, man. But, was. Uh, yeah. It's it's super complicated because think of Android as a, a program that you would go to your big box store and you buy it and it's a, in a shrink wrap box and you bring it home and you install it on your computer. That's what Android is to Samsung or Huawei or whatever. It is a, a set of software files designed simply to be able to run Android apps. That's all Android is designed for is to support an application platform. Uh, the basics are there. So you, you know, it, it's easier for Huawei or Samsung or whoever to make a phone that has it incorporated and it runs. But uh, I know, I know Dan, everybody at, at AC has seen it. If I would take AOSP and build it, it's a very basic, horrible phone that nobody would want to use without extra added on top of it. So anybody can buy that. Any, or, you know, I say buy. Anybody can make an agreement with Google and get that software, whether you're doing it on a very expensive phone that you plan to support for a long time or a phone that's you know going to be 50 bucks in a big box in front of the checkout line for track phone. Anybody can do it. There are a lot of those phones that were done just to be throwaways for 50 bucks that won't be able to survive if Android moves solely to 64 bits. That looks bad for Google. That just looks bad for everybody. Uh, Google has to wait a little bit. Uh, there, there's no, you know what? If you listen to this podcast, none of you have a phone that will be affected. Unless you have some old clunker on the shelf that you keep for nostalgic reasons. You got to go back to what Jerry wrote about what is Android. And that is there's Android as it stands in AOSP, which is a series of code that you can compile together and it runs this thing. Then there's Android that actually runs on devices. And there, there's, yes, there is one Android, but once you get outside of that, there's one million Android. Right. Right. And it's, it's great. It is great. That's part of the reason why I'm here because I, 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 as a, a, a software nerd, I love the idea, and I love that somebody was able to basically pull off, look, here's a bunch of code that's called Linux. You can take and customize and call it Ubuntu and stick it on your computer. Somebody was able to pull that off in mobile. That's great. But it's also plagued with problems in other ways. Uh, don't don't see Google moving to 64-bit in the, anytime soon. And... Even if they did, the people that are listening are probably not going to see any effect. Mm. No, 
I mean, it, the phones in the last two years have enough memory, and they have a 64-bit processor because moving to 64-bit isn't all good. 64-bit apps use a, a ton more memory. So if you have a, you know, the the last Jerry, you Nexus. Remember that, um, that I think I sent you a link to it uh, a couple episodes ago for Android Developers Backstage, which is one of those yep. great podcasts I listen to but don't understand 80% of what mm-hmm. they're talking about. But but there was one where they were discussing the way memory works on Android versus on the iPhone and, and why yep. Android devices require so much more memory, it's, and it's just the way it works. It was really interesting. Yeah, it, you can think of basically your phone doesn't just run on the processor. Android runs on the memory, too. That's an easy, simplified way to think of it. Uh, 64-bit needs a lot more of that memory for Android to run well. So even if your phone is 64 bits, if it only has 2 gigabytes of RAM, it's not going to be a great experience. Any phones in the past couple years are going to be fine. Now you've got me worried. Good bad news. (laughs) Well, uh... Go ahead. I'm I'm just going to sit here and stew in my own juices. I I love that this makes you so mad. We've got another hour <laughs> right right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh you guys want to go like Android Central podcast after dark sponsored <laughs> so we get get some scotch out, put on our sunglasses and just stew silently grunt every few minutes. That's what I do on the regular ones. There you go. All right. Well, in in lieu of that, I think we'll save it for another time. Um, I, I I love I love that this podcast went in so many directions. I love that Phil guested. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And uh, just for the people who keep hounding us on whether Phil's going to be back on the podcast, Hi. Uh, yes, he will be back regularly if I can help it. If I can steal him away from his video editing suite, we will have him here. Part of the problem was I changed offices, and I don't. You can probably hear it. Uh, Andrew complained about it a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, "You sound like you're in a big hallway." And I kind of am. Our office is like <laughs> eight feet wide, literally eight feet wide, and about a hundred and twenty feet deep. So it's just a huge hallway. So we're still working on the soundproofing a little bit, but it's not as bad as it was. You need I a, saw your, need some egg carton. Um, was it a video on Modern Dad, or was it a? social video on the tour that you did of the new office. Um, I, or was I it, think I snuck it into one video somewhere and did it like sped up, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really long. It's very, I, very long. I, I had your uh, security camera embedded as my computer wallpaper for about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not creepy. Well, I, well, I, I just love it. Was, word. I, I did it and then uh, I'm lazy. I just didn't bother to change it back until it, got in the way having stuff behind it moving so now Sorry. it's just black no it was oh. kind of cool I, I got to see you when you all packed up and left for the day and then it got kind of boring <laughs> the best part is it, this place used to be a tailor shop so people are still always bringing their pants by asking to <laughs> get them the, end up there are no ghosts of old tailors in your office because i've looked at it at three o'clock in the morning too yikes you're safe thank you Well, uh, I will leave it, us all on that safe note. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for listening. Andrew, 
if people want to yes. find you, where can they where can they go on the internet? Uh, find me on the tweeters at Andrew Martinick, and you'll find me all over Android Central all the time. Yes, you will. Uh, Jerry, mm-hmm. what about you? Uh, Interstate 81, there's an exit. It's called Exit 1. It's at the Virginia-West Virginia line. Take that exit, and there's a mini-mart there. If you get to that mini mark, just ask him where Jerry lives, and that's where Jerry you can find gave me him. a totally different landmark. <laughs> <laughs> I like the mini mart. I'm going to see if I can find it. Might have a lot uh, more neon. Yeah, yeah. Well, they closed that down, Phil. Oh, did they? Not, not for reasons that you know, public service. It uh, just bad management. It got closed. Not, not in, the health department. No, the man, the manager's in jail, and the the <laughs> ladies are working at another place that's very close by. Well, that's oh, good. man. But, uh, that's going to be uh, a good story. And you know what? I, I'm on Twitter. G-B-H-I-L. That is how you find me on Twitter. And at forums.androidcentral.com slash askjerry. You yes. can find me in there. And we can Go talk ask about Jerry. Bug him. Bug him green about eggs it. He loves and it. ham and Android phones and whatever. So And uh, Phil. What about you? Where can people go to find your videos? You remember how I used to always only use my name for social stuff? Yes. I actually just changed that. So. <laughs> <laughs> e- easiest thing to do is just go to moderndad.com. All the links are there. But I'm it, Twitter. I'm now M-D-R-N-D-A-D. Uh, but I kept all the same followers and everything. So if you were following me before, I'm still there now. I deleted all my tweets, too. Hmm. Like up to wow. like, last weekend or something like that. Yeah, it just felt like a fresh start. Good so. for you. Uh, a big leap. Leap of faith. We'd probably all be the, better off if we deleted I've our I've got to go to the too. internet archives and see what you're trying to hide now. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. I haven't really changed what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm still me, and I think that's important. Yeah. But, well, especially can, these days. But you I know. can see the fresh start. Yeah, why not? Because well, God knows what I said five years ago, oh. ten years ago. Well, we know what you looked like five years ago, thanks to a tweet that uh, Andrew put oh, out yesterday. Boy. Yeah, that old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, well, my name is Daniel Bader. You can find me at on Twitter, at Instagram, at JourneyDan. Uh, you can find us all at AndroidCentral.com. And if you want to ask me a question or two, I also have my own little-used forum called Ask Daniel. I don't expect it to be nearly as exciting as Ask Jerry. What? What? If you want to go, it is forms.androidcentral.com slash ask-daniel. Got to fire up my troll account. There you go. I've got a couple of them. That's it for this week. Uh, We will be back next week, hopefully with a Crackberry Kevin sighting. And until then, stay safe, stay humble, stay mobile, and all that good stuff. See you later. Adios. Bye. Bye.